What's happening? Welcome to the Matt Bonier Show, part of the In The Money Media Network. My name is Matt Bonier. You can follow me on Twitter at Bernier underscore Matt. Today is Thursday, November the 16th, 2023. It is episode 181 of the pod. However you listen, thank you for doing so. Many ways to find the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, InTheMoneyPodcast.com. You can also listen over on YouTube, search bar Matt Bernier Show. You'll get this episode along with the 180 prior as always, please rate, review, subscribe, thumbs up, thumbs down, bell icon lit up, comments, questions, concerns, all that jazz. You know the drill by now. We are getting toward the end of the year. There will not be a show next week for Thanksgiving. I know there's stakes racing all over the place, but combination of travel and what I've got to do down here in Louisville, my final week in Kentucky for 2023 which is much fun as I've had at both Keeneland and now at Churchill. Uh, I'm thankful that this is the end of the Kentucky run. It's been a long three-month stretch for me. Not that I, I'm not looking for any sympathy, but it's just it's been very taxing. Uh, I've been on the road every week since Labor Day. So, uh, oh, and I, I shouldn't just say Kentucky being the only those two places. I was at Kentucky Downs for a couple weeks. But uh, I'm looking forward to getting uh, a bit of a breather before I head back down to South Florida and get ready for the championship meet at Gulfstream Park. So no show next week. And then after that, there's only going to be three more shows for the balance of the year. There have already been some suggestions that came in for other shows that some folks may want to hear about. Um, I want to open up the floor again. DM me on Twitter at Bernier underscore Matt or beneath the video player on YouTube. If there's anything specific you want to hear about, acknowledging that with three shows left, there's a real chance that two of them are already occupied. One of them by the year-end ROI and sort of pick analysis. The other one being, in all likelihood, the Eclipse Award voting. First time I've voted for the Eclipse Awards in uh, many, many moons. Four? Four years, I want to say, since I was last at the racing forum. So uh, back involved with those this year. But that's two of the final three. So that last show is kind of up for grabs. Um, happy to answer questions, comments, any of that sort of stuff as we wrap up 2023. And then hopefully we're back for 2024. This show is not going to be specifically geared toward one thing in particular. We're going to offer up NFL projections at the end of the show, which may be sooner than later. Nice week last weekend. Very nice week. Good to see the numbers finally coming together after you know 10 weeks or whatever it may be. I'm early into my NBA projections and numbers and it's it's all over the map some is really good some is really really bad college hoops kind of the same deal it's early in the cultivating data point let's put it that way if we can uh, bring the show back in 2024 maybe that'll be something we'll dive into but uh so we'll give you the nfl picks at the end of the week or excuse me at the end of the show but i i was curious this is going to draw on experiences from other people, okay? And this is not, I'm not saying this as a, as a brag, but I found myself recently, within the past two weeks, I had, I had some success with a wager, and I found myself afterward looking back at it saying, is more or less... And less is more. And you can't look at everything in a vacuum. It's not that simple. But, well, let's 
start at the very beginning, right? Uh, recently hit a pick five that all told came back five figures. Okay. Nice. Great. Thumbs up. Everybody's happy. At least I am and my family. But the way that it came together was a little bit interesting. It was not a large ticket. Actually, it's probably the smallest ticket that I've hit something substantial on. Mm, yeah, probably ever as far as the ROI is concerned. It was a $40 bet that returned well over five figures. Well into the five figures, I should say. So I found myself looking back on it saying it wasn't. I didn't think I did anything brilliant. And I try to convey that on FanDuel TV. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. You need to be right in a few spots. And that's that's easier said than done. Favorites win, what, 37 38% of the time, 40% of the time, depending on who you talk to. I don't know what the latest data would suggest, but it's at least a third of the time, if not more. If you can find the, the correct favorites to fade or to beat, especially in these multi-race bets, you put yourself so far ahead of the game. But I almost felt like, in, in retrospect, it, with the role that I have, this I, I get it, this is a bit of rambling. With my job, you've got to have talking points and data points for really genuinely every runner in a race for as many races as you're on for, because the last thing you want to do is get caught with your pants down and not be prepared to talk about, you know, a 50 to one shot that on paper looks very, very unappealing, but maybe there's somebody out there that likes the horse or the owners are listening or the trainer is listening or family members are there, excuse me. And at the, at the very least, just because I don't like the horse doesn't mean that you may not like, or maybe there's something I can say that makes you then reassess and maybe you use the horse underneath in an exacta or a trifecta or a superfecta or whatever it may be. So the last thing I ever want to do is get in a position where I don't have even the smallest piece of information that can be useful for whomever is running in any given race that I'm on air for. But when I put that bet together, I kind of went back and looked at the ticket and I was like, this is really very straightforward. And for all these years, have have I made it more difficult than it needs to be? I know if you rewind almost a full calendar year, I kind of had a I had a show after the Breeders' Cup with the BCBC, the Breeders' Cup Betting Challenge, where I was very, very down overall on my, my confidence was low. I was upset with the way I kind of played the event. And I thought aloud to any of you that listened, you know, do I need to rethink the way I do things? Do I need to kind of reset, tear it down to the studs and try to rebuild? That's certainly not what happened here, but I think almost in a just sort of a stars aligning scenario, I, I think I realized that it's not, you don't need to have every piece of information from a handicapping standpoint in terms of gambling to be successful. Now, if you're doing a podcast, you're doing radio, you're doing live television, you need to have everything. You need to be prepared. You, there, there are things that need to be talked about. Dead air, dead space, quiet time, 
in broadcast is not good. There always needs to be something going on. And that's forget about, you know, commercial breaks and transitions and, and ad reads and promos and, and this, that, and the other. When you're talking about an event, you have to be able to talk about it, period. But when it comes to gambling, you don't have to know everything. And I, part of me believes that actually, in retrospect, you may actually be better off not knowing everything. One of the horses I used was a runner that was very fast on one set of speed figures, not so on the others. The horse wins, helps me out tremendously. That That's not a brilliant sort of nugget of information. That's not, you know, otherworldly analysis. You could just go through there and, and look at figs for the runners in this specific race and say, that horse stacks up just as well, if not better than anybody else. Throw them in. I don't. I didn't need to go into the lineage or the pedigree or the trainer stats or this, that, or the other. The horse was just fast enough, and he was probably going to be an overlay. In fact, he was. It worked out. He wins. The rest is history for me and anybody else that had success. But I, again, this is a kind of rambling, you know, long-winded way of, of suggesting that I didn't think I did anything brilliant when I put that play together. You beat a couple of short-priced favorites, and it worked out. What I'm trying to say, though, is those of you that have had success in gambling aside from, let's say, tournament play or contests or anything like that, pick four, pick five, pick six. Pick four less and less. I'm growing less and less enchanted with the pick four. It's really boiling down to either smash pick threes or play pick fives and pick sixes and hope to hit some kind of a home run. Those of you that have had any kind of success in those instances, how much time do you really find yourself handicapping versus not even ticket structure? I get that. Everybody talks about that, and it's important. You need to, you need to put good quality bets together. But, but how long do you – how long does it take you to go through – a race, let's say a field of 10, you burn through it. Is it five minutes? Is it 50 minutes? Is it 30 minutes? Is it two hours? How long does it take you to go through a race and then say, okay, I'm comfortable you know, with this. Let's now put it to action. Whatever my opinion is, for better or for worse. Because that one race in particular is stuck in my head of saying with this horse, I'm not even, I don't need to really watch tape. I did because, again, it's part of the job. It was the numbers. And I didn't have to look twice. I just said, this horse is fast enough. Use. Bang. Worked. I oftentimes think I end up in other people in this line of work, which is not a complaint, but just, you know, hear me out. You almost become a prisoner to the work where you feel like if you're not putting in God knows how many hours in terms of prep, that you can't then just go ahead and gamble on not not gut, but I, I guess intuition. Where you look at it, and it's not even intuition; it's fucking basic. The horse is fast enough, yes or no? Bang! Don't overthink it. Maybe that's what it is. Keep it simple, stupid. If you've had any kind of success with these wagers, let me know. DM on Twitter or beneath the video player on YouTube. How how long does it take you to go through race by race? 
versus how long does it take you to put together tickets? And ultimately, are you someone that plays multiple tickets? Do you play one? Do you just press up? Do you spread, spread, spread and hope to catch fire? Let me know. I know this is kind of vague, but that, mentally, that's where I am right now. I'm, I'm curious to hear how other people go about doing things. Um, specifically people that we don't hear from. You can listen to other podcasts and watch other shows and this, that, and the other and hear how folks go about doing things. I'd like to hear how the listeners go about doing things. Let's pivot to the National Football League, shall we? Again, good, good weekend last week. Um, specifically, the big kind of highlight was the Texans game. You know, I had a, it's a 21-21 tie, but it, it said take the points. They end up winning outright. Um, there, there were more than a handful of, of good results in terms of the projections. Uh, totals were much lower, but I had the Colts beating the Patriots by four. They win 10-6. to six. Um, was wrong about the Browns and the Ravens, although part of me feels like I was right. A combination of a Ravens meltdown and the Browns playing out of their minds at the very end of the game. Uh, I had a 19-19 projection Packers-Steelers, 23-19, so hit the, you know, absolutely smoked out one of the team scores. Um, had the Lions winning by two, they won by three. Had the Seahawks winning by three, they won by three. So, you know, call it four good, strong opinions over the weekend. Can't complain about that. As far as this week's games are concerned, the Thursday night game is ongoing between the Bengals and the Ravens. Last I saw it was 7 to nothing Baltimore. Let me just pull that up and take a look. 7-3 to three, almost at the end of the first quarter in favor of the Ravens. I had a projection of 26-19 to 19 Baltimore. Uh, Bears and Lions. I have Lions 27 to 19. That is an eight point difference. Cardinals and Texans. I have Houston winning 25 to 18. It's a seven point difference. And last I had seen, that number was down around three or four. So maybe that's something you want to lean into. Cowboys and Panthers. I've got the Cowboys winning 27 to 16. That's an 11 point difference. Giants and Commanders. I've got Washington winning 22 to 14. It's an eight point difference. Wouldn't bet on that game. Just don't have any faith. As bad as New York has been, I don't have any faith in Washington. Titans and Jags. I have Jacksonville winning 21-17. to That's a four-point difference. Pittsburgh and Cleveland. I've got the Browns winning 20-18. to That's a two-point difference. Raiders and Dolphins. I've got Miami 28-19. to That's a nine-point difference. Chargers and Packers. I've got L.A. on the road winning 23-21. to That's a two-point difference. Bucks and 49ers, San Francisco winning 26 to 17. That's a nine point difference. If I had to buy a team right now for the Super Bowl, I'd be buying the 49ers for what it's worth. I believe they are five to one over at FanDuel. Uh, the Jets and the Bills, I have the Bills winning 23 to 17. If the Jets had a quarterback, I would probably take them because I think the Bills are in absolute tail, tailspin, free spin, tailspin. I don't know. They're falling badly. Six points in favor of Buffalo. Seattle and the Rams, I've got Seattle winning 22-21 to 21 on the road. That's a one-point difference. And then, uh, oh, dear. Oh, my goodness. I didn't do the Eagles game. Let's wrap up with the Sunday night game. We'll do – I'm going to do the other game on the fly. The 
Uh, Vikings and the Broncos, I have got Minnesota winning 24-20. to It's a four-point difference, and here we are. How about that? This is a, a happy little accident. I feel like Bob Ross. Here we go. Um, let me pull up the FanDuel Sportsbook because we need lines. This is later than I would have liked to have done this in terms of getting a price because... The market's probably pretty sharp by now. Let's see. Eagles are two-and-a-half-point dogs on the road. Okay. So we come over here. Now we got to do a little bit of quick quick maneuver. Bail with me, bear with me. Philadelphia Eagles, Kansas City Chiefs, two-and-a-half. Total is 45-and-a-half. Got to come over to this tab. Change these. Those numbers come up here. I have 24 to 22 in favor of the Chiefs. 22, 24. That is a two point difference. The spread is currently two and a half. The total is 45 and a half. I have a total of 46. This is one of those where I need to stick to what the numbers say, meaning I wouldn't bet this game. But I, I'm not a believer in Kansas City, although I said that for the entire second half of last year, and they won the goddamn Super Bowl. So, you know, do with that what you will. I just don't think their offense is that good. And frankly, I don't think Philadelphia is that good this year. But I feel like Philly's better than Kansas City is top to bottom. I wouldn't bet the game... I guess if you really were just absolutely hellbent on doing so, the spread's two and a half. I would take the points with the Eagles on the road. But uh, those are my leans for week 11 in the National Football League. And that's going to do it. I mean, we are going to be sub 20 minutes when this thing is all said and done. However you listen, thank you for doing so. Many ways to find the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and themoneypodcast.com. You can also listen over on YouTube. Search bar map or any of your show. You'll get this episode along with the 180 prior. As always, please rate, review, subscribe. Thumbs up, thumbs down, comments, questions, concerns, the whole jazz, the whole nine. You know how to get a hold of me at this point. Uh, again, no show next week. Enjoy the holiday with your family. I will be here in Louisville. We've got Thanksgiving Day racing. Check us out on FanDuel TV all this weekend, all next week through the holiday. I am off the following week. And maybe there will or maybe there won't be a pod. I don't know. We'll wait and see. I'm trying to do quick math in my head. Just stay tuned. No show next week. There may or may not be a show the following week, but there are only three shows left in 2023 for this podcast. Two of them already occupied. One, year-end results. Two, Eclipse Award voting. The third one, TBD, potpourri, whatever you want. Let me know. But we're wrapping the show up from South Florida. Until the next time we get together, enjoy all the live racing action. Have a great holiday. Be safe. Don't do anything stupid. Enjoy the family. Enjoy your friends. I'm envious. Best of luck however you play, whatever you play, and wherever you play. This has been episode 181 of the Matt Burnier Show. <laughs>